Welcome back. It's the final showdown. Let's go. Finally, we're in the last of the last little finals action. And I'm not going to lie. This matchup is looking juicy with Giannis being back. And this is obviously post-game one that we're recording this. And he's looking mad healthy. First things first, though. What's good, guys? Y'all excited for finally the finals? Hell yeah. What's up, Abel? This this was an impressive opening showing for Giannis. He's He was definitely someone that I was like, is he really going to play tonight? I was nervous, but he looked good. What do you think, Brandon? Uh, I wouldn't say he was like definitely healthy. I mean, he was healthy. He played and he had a, he, he was good, but like he had, he took like half the shots that Middleton took. And like I mean, maybe that's like part of the plan. But I, I think part of that was also like it's Giannis' first game back. And like I th- I think there was a couple times he looked like he was kind of limping a little bit, you know. But I mean that block that you know Van Gundy said right away that re- reminded him of the LeBron block, which was obvious. Like as soon as like Breen ma- like called it, like it it looked just like the LeBron block. Like it was literally if you trace those plays on top of each other, it's probably like exactly the same thing. And I mean it was great. It was a great block. But overall, I think I think there's more for Giannis to you know if he recovers better. You know, like I think we can get a better version of Giannis towards the end of the series for sure. I don't think this is. It, you know. Yeah, this is honestly a perfect case scenario for the Bucks and Coach Bud because you got to assume it's kind of a lost game, game one at Phoenix. Like, no one expects you really to win this game. I'm sure you guys don't even expect to win this game with Giannis coming back from that scary hyperextension on the knee. So you might as well throw him out there. I mean, honestly, I didn't think he was going to play the same amount of minutes as he usually does because uh, he put in that work with almost – 35 or over 35 minutes a game in the game so what do you guys think of that him actually like them actually riding him and like actually leaving like Brooke on the bench for a decent amount and like actually kind of going to Giannis like at the five a lot and like as he's like recovering from a, like a knee injury you know like well that's why they came back that's why they came back in my opinion because when Brooke Lopez was out there they yeah. were dicing him up in the pick and roll and I mean we say it all the time their optimal lineup is Giannis at the five so I think they have to do it if they want to yeah. win this series that's what I was saying is that's why this is a perfect, like, check-it-out game for the Bucks and Coach Bud because Coach Bud actually got to see what that five lineup was or what Giannis at the five lineup looked like, and it actually worked out the best. I mean, sure, Brooke Lopez offensively, he was cashing buckets. You know, he looked good offensively, but like Joe said in the pick-and-roll, he was getting – first of all, they were switching pretty much on everything, and then they finally stopped doing that a little bit towards later in the third quarter when the comeback started – and it just wasn't a good look with Broke Lopez on the pick and roll, man. He was straight getting cooked. And Aiton was just working him down low on switches. It just wasn't a good look. I mean, it's a terrible matchup for Chris Paul and Booker, who are, like, the most deadly mid-range shots. So, like, if you're just going to give them that with Brook Lopez. Like, this is the same thing for Trey Young. Like, if you're just going to play the same way and let Trey Young get his floater every game, like, Trey Young's going to get his floater every game, you know? And that's why, I mean... That's why I was just surprised that they went to Giannis at the five, like game one, right away after recovering from an injury. So, I mean, that shows that they're, yeah, they're willing to, to do it, you know. And like you said, I think it is like their best best way to win this series. Yeah, it was definitely a feeler. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely a feel-out game for the Bucks. I think they have to come away with it knowing that they should look at Brooke Lopez as only being like 15 to 20 minutes a game in this series because – He's just—he's too much of a liability out there. Those points are fool's gold. Like, 
if he's scoring 18 to 20 points, the Suns are probably happy about it because then they think that Bud is going to play him more minutes and they'll be able to do those crunch time plays that we saw tonight where Chris Paul is either finding DeAndre Ayton for a pick-and-roll dunk or he's hitting someone in the corner or isolating himself. So I, I think the Suns showed that they are the best team right now, and we'll see if the Bucks can get up to their level once Giannis gets a little bit healthier. Honestly, there's no reason for Brooke Lopez to be out there unless DeAndre Ayton is out there because he should essentially be shadowing him and no switching and defensively just working. Because he's, I mean, he's solid at protecting the paint, but as soon as he gets anything anywhere outside of the paint any perimeter looks he's gonna get cooked he, he's way too slow footed for that so it should literally be a, cha- a shadow and that should be like like joe said 15 minutes a game max it, you'll be happy if he gets you eight point eight to ten points you know in those 15 minutes that'd be ideal but the thing is like so you like what are you doing you're like you're obviously moving everyone down a spot but then you have to bring in someone off the bench so are you bringing in Connaughton? You feel good about that? You bring it in Forbes? I mean, I guess it's just, it is, you, know, you got to do what you got to do. That's, but. Yeah, that's just where the rotation is going to go because those are shooters that can at least make the Suns have to, like, respect them. And like Gable was saying, if they switch everything, it's not going to work. But if they don't switch everything, then they could hopefully get around it. But, like, they're not. They're not. They're going to – I feel like you're just going to just let – whoever that player is, you're going to let them shoot, you know? And it's just like – I feel like it's almost like – I mean, if Bryn Forbes has a good game, you if know, it's even Bryn Connaughton, Forbes, I mean, he's nah, a good but shooter. Bryn Forbes, they were, but he can't Bryn play Forbes, they were attacking defensively. Yeah, towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter. So that's why, like, he's gonna get, he's gonna kind of get hunted. Yeah, no, I know. It's it's obviously a tough coaching ch- decision for Bud because the end of the rotation is compromised without DiVincenzo, and obviously that's funny to say, but he did provide them a little bit of juice and ball handling that they're really lacking right now. No, it's honestly got to be Bobby Portis, though, because Bobby Portis, is a, he's got the motor defensively, and he's still a threat on the three-point line and in the paint like Brooke Lopez, obviously not as efficient offensively and pretty much a, a wash in terms of boards. But they still kind of have the, him drop, though. Every time If he plays a five, they pretty much have him drop the same way. Like, no, he, he, he can't drop, he can't play know? the so five, though. Like, he's playing the four with Giannis so at the five. So that's why I guess if you just have him at the four and like Giannis at the five, then, yeah, like that's probably your best bet, honestly, if Giannis is like close to healthy. Yeah. Exactly. Where it's Giannis essentially has to play the five with Brooke Lopez as the reserve five, and then Bobby's got to play the four essentially with Giannis being the reserve four. That's kind of how they have to like stagger the lineups. So that, that's what you got to do. I mean, because at the end of the day, your front court depth is pretty much non-existent unless you go really small and play Connaughton at the four, and then at that point with Aiton out there, I mean, shit. Even Jay Crowder is going to be working them down low. Even like Cam Johnson is gonna. I mean, be Jay what? Crowder just kind of just stays around the the perimeter. So I mean, you kind of could hide, you know, someone on Jay Crowder. You know, like he's kind of like he's not really doing a ton. But he's good on the boards though, and that's the thing is he's gonna get boards over Connaughton offensively and defensively all day. Like you're essentially putting all that pressure on Giannis with a slightly bad knee to get pretty much all the boards, and he's already probably going toe to toe with Aiton if they're both playing the five. So that's why I think that Bobby Portis' motor is the key because he's the one that could get those offensive-defensive rebounds off of Giannis's legs. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's at the point where if Coach Bud, with this feeler game and this prime scenario, if he doesn't make adjustments by at least Game 3, adjustments that are, pre- you know, prevalent and everybody could see it, they're like, damn, all right, he he caused uh, Drew Holiday not to switch as much and shadow a little bit more of Booker or something like that. Are we going to have the conversation that Coach Bush should get fired for a coach that made it to the finals? I mean, I think, 
I mean, we should. Like, I think, like, <laughs> I mean, I think the front office has to be aware that, like, yeah, they made it to the finals, but like, you know, the road was a little easy. You know, like they shouldn't just totally take it out of context to be like, yeah, this is the Bucks team. We're the best team. We're we're set. Like, the the Nets were, you know, it was just KD, and he took them to like overtime, like just himself, you know, and like the Hawks, like like they kind of like. Look, the Hawks are good. You know, we'll give them all the credit they deserve. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna be good going forward. But the Hawks against the Bucks felt a lot like, you know, the Nuggets last year when the Nuggets beat the Clippers, and it was like, you know, this is good for the Nuggets, you know. But like, we were looking to that Lakers Clippers matchup, and like, I kind of feel like, you know, if the Bucks at least beat the Sixers, I think I would trust, you know, Bud a little more. But like, I don't know. They should have beat the Hawks, and they almost lost that. You know, like they almost kind of got lucky just the fact that Trey Young didn't play a couple of games. So, like, I don't think you could keep Bud going forward, honestly, unless well, you win. Don't and- give the Sixers that much respect. I mean, they did lose to the Hawks, but I get I get the sentiment. Yeah, the, the Hawks. I mean, especially without Trey, the compromised Trey. Was- I would just give the Bucks. I would just give Bucks a little bit. Even like you might be right. I just feel like in my head, the Sixers were the better team. So I would have gave Bucks a lot more credit if they beat the Sixers to get here. Where I feel like beating the Hawks with, you know, a hobbled Trey Young isn't like, like, I'm saying that's not enough to, like, tell, say Bud deserves to keep his job, you know? And Absolutely. the thing is, like, I think, I don't know if the front office, front office is going to look at it like, no, it's just the finals, we made it, that's it. But, like I said, you got to take all the context into account. Yeah, man, nuance and context. But if they win matter. it, I don't even know, like, they they have a chance to win it. And, like, I, I feel like there's it's going to be really hard to fire a coach after you win the finals. But like, No, that's again, not happening. Like, that's, there's no way that would happen. That's what I'm saying. That'll be the first it's time like, ever. It's, it's like Larry Brown, but like close to like Larry Brown. You'd have to really day. have someone lined up. You can't just hire like a no-name assistant or something just to fire like yeah the coach that got you. The but thing. so I don't know. They, I mean, they got the they got the roster makeup to make pretty much an above-average coach make them a good team. You know, with the, with the big three, and then they got some some good bench players. I mean, we've seen it with Bud. So. Yeah, exactly. So it, I mean, he's um, alright. Not even above average. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a good regular know, season coach, though. Too. That's what's yeah, misleading he's, about Bud. Yeah. He can get he's him a good, like, records. Yeah, exactly. He just, like, I think he's the guy that any adversity, he looks like he loses composure every time, and that's like, in the playoffs, that's exactly what you need, you know? Well, I think, I think he has no confidence in his adjustments, you know, where he's like, I think it'd be, he feels that he's better off not making adjustments because that's what got him here. And that's what made him successful in the regular season. Whereas, I mean, in the in the playoffs, in the finals, that's the name of the game is making adjustments every single day, whether it's through injuries uh, or attacking players defensively. I mean, realistically, one of the biggest things is they should be attacking Chris Paul, get his energy out out on the defensive end, and then that way he can't turn up in the fourth quarter. So that that's I would agree that definitely Bud's fault. Like I think he does just rely on like just letting his players like figure it out and like i mean that could work when you have the warriors and that could work when you have you know james Harden, the rockets and you kind of just like let him decide and iso but but like you don't have like a a, you know a creator like that or like a pastor like that like you kind of should at least throw like you know a little balance it a little bit more and adjust a little more but like i don't know it's just it's gonna be hard to keep bud like after this season honestly yeah it's hard to criticize coaching when you have as much success as coach bud has had but too many times have we seen like opportunities for him to do something and then him not really make the adjustment or do the thing that we're like, this is obvious if he did this, like play Brick Lopez less, you know, just something simple like that. Like, I don't know, like he's very stagnant in his rotations and 
Yeah, I mean, I I think that they're limiting themselves. I mean, I think after last year, the whole you know, like there's like the, it started when he didn't want to play Giannis more minutes, you know, and which it was, was like, ridiculous. This is what we do, he's twenty five years it. old, and it was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And like you see, like it's Giannis has played like forty minutes consistently this playoffs, and it's like he they needed every single minute Giannis has played this whole playoffs, you know, like they don't beat the Nets if they're holding those guys to you know thirty five minutes a game, you know. So that's why like. He he's I, it took I mean I had to be the front office or someone that told him like bro you have to play these guys but like it, it took him way too long obviously so that's why yeah I, also though like the Drew thing are we gonna have the Drew conversation what is Drew Holiday right now he had a couple really good moments in the net series that literally like the thing is it was super clutch where like he wouldn't do anything like I remember specifically game three where he wasn't doing much and then he hits the game winning layup you know with a good move and like basically wins the game and like later in the series hit some clutch threes, but like, you know, through like 90% of the game, it's like, he's barely there, at least offensively. Like every once in a while, he'll get a good move, good step back or something that, you know, Bledsoe would not do, but then like over the consistency, it's like, you look at it and he just has 14 points or something, you know, it's like, he's, he's, I don't know. He's, he's exerting a lot of energy on defense. So it's obviously hard, you know, to just do both like that. So I'm gonna give him a little bit of a pass, but you kind of, I feel like we all were hoping a little more, you know? Yeah. Him, I think. His line tonight was 4 of 14, so that's 28% shooting with 10 points, 9 assists, 7 boards. So he's he's making an impact. The thing is, that's, he's a guy that is like a Kyle Lowry guy where if he's not scoring, he could do, you know, everything else, you know? But, but like, that's not enough. Yeah, he's not 9 assists, 7 boards. Is, yeah, it's not enough for sure. To win in the finals. Well, he, he needs to be that. aggressive. He needs to be aggressive. He was uh, he was being a lot complacent for jumpers. It's hard to tell if that's the blame on Bud or Drew. You know. Like, well, let's give the wings credit. Let's give the wings on the Suns some credit because everybody on the Suns yeah. can protect the paint, recover, switch. Like it's not like he's having like easy opportunities. I saw him get. But this is like I think the whole playoff. So Drew hasn't really. Oh been no, it's been a problem. That I'm, much of a factor I'm offensively. Totally agreeing. I'm just saying tonight specifically. It's not like they played bad defense like the Hawks or something like tonight was acceptable for him to like feel I mean but Middleton out. did his got his you but know Middleton, Middleton got his so that's why that's I feel Middleton like the whole postseason though like you said like if we're talking about it's not I don't think it is honestly I think I like I think that's another thing is I think there's a chance they they you know Giannis has been the most like, consistent player but Middleton has still been pretty good it's not like Middleton's had a bad uh, postseason I mean he had a couple games where he was just like not there for the Nets specifically and like I think they're like I think they wasted a good Middleton game, you know. Like he had a really good game today, and like oh, just they didn't did. really matter, you know. Then that's did, it. But and that's why it's like, like I mean, obviously you're gonna like I said, you know, I think Giannis is gonna get more shots up after he, as he gets more health, healthier, more yeah, more comfortable. Like he's gonna do it, and this is the the finals. Like we literally seen like in the last dance where Michael Jordan himself, you know, his first finals, and it's like oh this like this is the finals, you know, we're here. So like I'm sure like. You know, there's a lot of pressure on Giannis, you know, after all we've said and done and talked about and, like, especially now coming off an injury, like, it's a lot of pressure. But, like, I think he'll get more comfortable as, like, the series goes on. But, again, like, I think, I mean, it's going to come down to Drew for sure. Yeah, it's going to come down to Drew. And I don't think that the, that uh, Middleton, this is going to be one of his better games. He Zero free throw attempts. I mean, he was getting no love from the refs, and he was getting pretty good amount of contact. I mean, same amount of contact that Devin Booker was getting on the other side. And Devin Booker had mad free throws. So I think Middleton's gonna be fine, and Drew. I think that's where Coach Bud. That's the one. Those are there's two main adjustments for me. It's like get Broke Lopez off the court. You know, essentially interchange their minute his minutes with Bobby Portis, and then number two, start working Drew 
in the post with Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul's obviously, you know, he's got that anchorage and he's sneaky with stripping balls, but he's gonna like Drew's game in the post. I mean, he was posting up like LeBron. He was working LeBron on a face up like post game, you know? So he could definitely do it and he's just should be using that body to facilitate the offense like that. And then at that point, if you got Giannis cutting to the basket, you got Middleton cutting around, you got Brian Forbes coming around, you just expand you're allowing more movement off the ball, which creates more chaos for Aiton, so he can't post up, and you're either gonna get an op- more open paint because Aiton's gonna be having to follow everyone else that's cutting, or you're gonna get a, a wide open three because the- Aiton has to chill in the paint, and essentially you're gonna allow someone but to be like, in the perimeter. But kind of like what Joe said, like kind of what Joe said, like I think the like Suns have a pretty good team that can kind of switch and knows how to rotate, you know, and it like. I mean that's your best bet, but like I don't think like you could just exploit you know this Suns team you know like with speed you know yeah like, it's the finals it, it's it's the finals everyone's good defensively but I mean that's the way to do it the the exploitation is Drew Holiday exploiting Chris Paul because like like you like you guys said everyone's a great defender I don't know about exploiting so you can't, Chris Paul though. defensively I mean they got to try to get him they got to try to get him on Booker they got to try to get a switch on Booker and then have him go at Booker because Chris Paul is I Chris mean, Paul come on. Yeah, but I mean, Chris Paul working him in the post. I think that's where you can get him. There's potential, but I, I would rather have him going at Booker. If if you're really asking me, I don't I don't think Chris Paul's a mismatch. And that's mm-hmm. the thing where like when you're going with Giannis at the five, I think you're just you're gonna switch. You're you're there's no reason for Aiden to really move kind of from the like the basket. Honestly, you know, like like the only re- like th- that's the benefit of having Brook Lopez out there is that he's a stretch five that's gonna draw. Aiton away from the basket, which is gonna give him some room. But like, if you don't have Brook Lopez out there and you got Giannis out there, like, like you don't, I don't think Aiton's gonna really feel the need to like be at the perimeter as much. So it's, I don't know, it's it's gonna definitely gonna be a little tough. Yeah, but that's why you got the oops and stuff. I mean, that's why Giannis is gonna be cutting. Obviously not in the perimeter, but he's been cut, gonna be cutting. And you got the rest of the shooters out there. I mean, shit, even Connaughton could count as a shooter. I mean, I get you. E- either Booker or Chris Paul is fine, but either way, you gotta exploit those guards defensively. Because if not, they're just going to be chucking up mad buckets on the other end. I mean, Booker, 21, and Chris Paul, 19 field goal attempts each respectively. That's like more than double than... Actually, McCall Bridges had 13, and, but it's essentially more than double than anyone that's else That's kind of why I think, like, like, Drew, like... I don't even get how you can have such a bad offensive game. I mean, like nine assists, seven boards. I mean, that's it's not you know assists obviously counts offense, but like it's hard to say he had a you know it's just hard when he has that kind of offensive game. When in, I mean Booker wasn't didn't have a great game, but it wasn't like he had a terrible game. And Chris Paul obviously had a great Booker game. Booker had so a pretty like, good game though. Booker was yeah, inefficient, yeah. but that's what he's been all postseason. He still gets the job done. And he was aggressive. No, he was aggressive. He got to the rim ten times and essentially kept kind of expanded the lead early in the game. Because he just consistently kept going to the, was aggressive, kept going to the rim, and kept getting foul calls, and I think that's kind of created the momentum to being like, look, this is our house, we're gonna be the ones getting the foul calls, not you guys. And I think it translated in the third quarter and in later or in the late fourth quarter that Middleton wasn't getting those calls, and I think he should have been getting those calls. And so that's just something kind of behind the scenes that you know you play with the ref's mind on. What's a what's a foul and what's and what's not and who deserves a foul and who doesn't? And obviously Booker has gotten to that point, like yeah, exactly. He's gonna get those superstar calls, like he's crafty. And it's a microcosm of Drew Holiday and Middleton's careers in that they are like probably thought of as like the nicest guys that don't really complain about calls. So then when shit happens to them, 
the refs don't even think about it. They're just like those are like the hardworking dudes that aren't gonna flop or they're not gonna try to get a call. And then in a they game don't feel like, this, like guilty about it, you know? Yeah. Like, in a game just like take this, it, yeah, it, it comes back. Or Chris to, Paul is gonna like make you feel bad after every right, single call. Absolutely. You, like the refs are human, you know? Like you, you have a guy like Chris Paul and his stature, and you know, and he's just like calling you out for like every single call, like. You might be like, man, maybe I am making the right call. Like, it's just gonna get in your head as a rep. Like, that's why, like Chris yeah. Paul, like that's obviously why you know Demarcus Cousins had that quote. You know, last week, did you guys see that? Yeah, I did see that. Where he was, where he was like, that's why no one fucks with you. Yeah, or yeah. something like that. <laughs> so that's why, like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, obviously, Chris Paul plays a very aggressive way, but obviously, you know, it's it's been effective. You know, he's the kind of McGregor. The guy, if, you, if he's not on your team, yeah, if he's not on your team. You know, he's playing against you, you hate him, but if he's on your team, you definitely love him. Yeah, yeah he's that Conor McGregor where he's going to get in your head, but at the end of the day, he's going to back it up by sinking some, some step back three in your face or getting in front of you and undercutting you for an and one, which low-key that and one that was essentially the dagger where he, like, undercut Giannis. Mm. Man, that, that looked like a little bit of, like, an offensive foul. He straight put the booty yeah. through the knees. It's, I was like, man, that was a little dangerous. It's a I weird mean, they player. called the one on Booker – the offensive foul. Yeah, yeah, they call that a kick out, but yeah. The kick out, yeah, no, for sure. Which I I I think that one is definitely more of Booker's fault. The one that Abel's talking about, that's like a crafty play that they're like trying to exploit and I'm I'm with him. It's too dangerous. Like dudes are just gonna get hurt because if you're trying to play defense, someone just throws their body into you. I think what that's something that How you only bust that? out in the in the finals. I think Chris Paul, well, you know, like it's the craftiest guys in the league. They can do it at all any time. You're gonna that's the thing is you're like the guys like that. You're gonna stretch you know the rule book. You're gonna test your limit. Like like Tim Duncan, who's like known as the nicest guy in the world, was a guy that also was like very aggressive and was doing things that like were borderline illegal but he knew how to stretch his limits and that's why chris ball is straight up like that the pulling calling a guy out for his shirt being untucked that actually affects the game that like influences you winning the game is like an all-time petty hall monitor move it it works you know so that's why like he just is who he is yeah he is the pettyweight champion did you guys see that report where he was like hey man anyone could suggest whatever everyone's got a fair voice in this uh yeah. in the in the you know associate or the players association and league talk <laughs> acting like he's not the freaking yeah. president of that shit yeah. he's not like really. yeah man Everyone had a voice, dude. Adam Silver was cool with it. Uh, I was cool with it. ESPN. Rachel Nichols was cool with it. Rachel Nichols. Everyone was cool with it. I don't. I had. I listened to everyone. I don't get it. Why yeah, all everyone the, so mad? All the people that it, that mattered, you know. Even got some Italians in there for the minority, you know. Like everyone, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys seen, but LeBron on uh, the game, the game uh, where the Suns uh, clinched it. Cl- clinched to go to the finals. LeBron, they, he went to the Sparks game, like, right down the street from uh, the stadium, basically. And was just like, nah, like, this is just a good game. I can't miss this one, even though my guy, Banana Boat Brethren, is about to make it to the finals. Like, I like I don't know. There's like, been a falling out. LeBron's been pretty vocal about the, yeah, LeBron's been pretty vocal about the injuries. I, I wouldn't be surprised if people were actually a little... Yeah. Upset with Chris Paul. Well, and then in the post game today too, he signaled out or singled out that Trevor Ariza was there. He's like, "Yeah, man, my best friend Trevor Ariza is here." And it's like, "Okay, well, that's clearly not LeBron or Dwayne Wade, who we thought were his closest friends." Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a subtweet. Yeah, it's like they're not going to sure. be sharing the same banana boat. That's for damn sure. Nope, nope, nope. 
But I mean, moral of the story: who you guys got? I mean, that's what it really comes down to. Everyone's you know p- placing their uh, finals bets on our picks right now. So what's good? Dude, this is a tough one to call, man. I'm been going either way on it, back and forth. Like so, like my heart wants Suns, and I honestly think Suns are the better team. But like Giannis is clearly the best player, and it's like he has a good team around him to where like it's not just Giannis, you know. But like, I don't. I feel like the Suns seems just the the prototypical basketball team where the, you know they did it the right way. They have a good guy in every spot. They have like a seven man rotation that just like. Everyone does has their. It's like a uh, Patriots kind of vibe where everyone has their role and they all just do, your job. do it very effectively. Yeah, they all just do their job. So I, I feel like I'm gonna go Sun Seven, but like I, I, I don't feel great about it. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Bucks. You know, I, I feel pretty good that's gonna go six or seven at least. I don't think any team's gonna end it in five, four or five. But yeah, I'm gonna go Suns just thinking they're gonna execute correctly as they go along. I can respect that. As a longtime shareholder in Giannis Inc., shout out to Go Podcast, Andrew Sharp and Golver. I gotta go with Giannis. I gotta say that the Bucks. So this is a this is a biased biased. I take mean, this is a biased take. I I just feel like we've watched Giannis since he was like a twenty year old who was barely on the court, barely able to fucking shoot the ball. And... I mean, how long have we watched Chris Paul, dude? True, true. I just I, my basketball maturity was. in how the How long pocket. have we watched Jay Crowder, dude? You don't want to see Jay Crowder finally <laughs> lift the gold? Come on now. Yeah, I mean, I love the man Marquette. He's he's been a dog his whole career, but I'm I'm saying Giannis is like you're watching your fucking kid grow up and learn how to like do things the right way, and he's he's been awesome. So I I think if he gets healthy, I'm I'm going Bucks in seven. I mean, if you want him to be on the Jordan trajectory, he can't lose this series, right? He he has to go undefeated. So sucks. like that's it. So yeah. then it's over. So that's why like they're even teaching him how to count. So emphasis on it's like watching your kid grow up right now. That's what I'm they're saying. Like, they gotta throw the Mississippi's in there though. Come on, or else he's gonna have a fucked up concept of time right now. <laughs> he's gotta play instruments and shit. You know, we gotta get that ready. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a tough one, Joe. You're wilding though. You're saying in seven, so you're saying that the Bucks are gonna upset the Suns in Phoenix to win it. I'm saying Giannis Damn, is ready, son. dude. I'm saying Giannis is ready, bro. I think. Damn, bro. I know you like drama, but I think he needs to get past these like these haters that think that he has no bag or he has like no ability to win when but, it matters. But I mean, this is like, but all right, like what what makes you think Giannis is ready? This is by far the best team he's playing against this this postseason. Like, like I said, the the Nets were not a team. That was KD. And he took him to overtime in Game Seven. You know, you I give him like his, anything, his any sort of a team, and the Nets are winning. And the Hawks, I mean, the Hawks are, you know, they're on the rise, but they're they they were very they definitely uh, overperformed this year. So like I wouldn't, it's not like the Bucks should have lost that series. So like, this is the actual test. I, I wouldn't say in like la- the last couple of years going back, like when it comes down to facing a good team, you know, Giannis. He loses to the. I mean, I'm not gonna put it all on Giannis, but like the Bucks lose to the Heat, and then they're up 2-0 against the, in, you know, against the Raptors, and then they end up just losing four straight, and you know, so it's like I, they haven't beat a good, played a good series and beat a good team to for me to think like this is it. Now this is could be no it. This is like it. The you know, if they baby, do it. Let's go. But but I don't know, man. Nah, yeah. man. The difference is honestly, Drew, man. I mean, we said it that he's the catalyst earlier that he has to play well, and he really is that that third musketeer. Because Middleton's 
always been good, but it just came down to the point where if he's not getting foul calls, he's not getting like his shots just aren't going in. They're essentially fucked because Giannis can't control the offense late in the game. But now Drew can kind of take over, and that helps him. And so I'm I'm with you, Joe. I'm actually I'm saying Bucks and six because if it goes seven, I don't think I don't think if it goes seven, I don't I see no way the Bucks upset Phoenix at home, like. The Phoenix crowd is rowdy as fuck, man. I don't know if they get, they're all channeling their sons and four guy, but they're they're sounding like the the Seahawks Seahawks twelfth man out there. That yeah. thing was rowdy, dude. People were going crazy. They've had it all postseason. They've been a great arena on every yeah. telecast. I mean, they're definitely realizing the moment. I mean, I think like honestly, let's just shout out both these franchises. Like, fuck yeah. Over the last decade, like there was a lot of missteps. Like, look, just look at the Suns, like. Since Steve Nash has lo- like left them, like they've been in a very weird sort of you know purgatory, and then yeah. kind of bottoming out, and like they got a ton of first round, like top first round picks. I mean, Dragon Bender, Alex Len, none of these guys pan out. They get, I mean, so also I think this is a good sign for all the teams that are trying to think. Like sometimes Tyler Ulis, Tyler Ulis, like sometimes there's like actual a little bit of luck because like these like top ten picks didn't work out. But then they kind of lucked into Devin Booker at 13, and he kind of was, like, the guy that set their franchise up. And, like, I mean, so they made a horrendous pick with taking Aiton over Luka, which has worked out. It's been great. Obviously, they didn't want the ball handler with Booker, which is funny because they end up getting Chris Paul, who's, like, the ultimate ball handler two years later, which is, you know, they realize, like, yeah, maybe Booker shouldn't be the point guard. But they, then they trade the sixth pick, which would end up being Jerry Culver for the 11th pick and Dario Saric, which at the time was killed. And Dario Saric, I mean, he's not the biggest, you know, piece on this team, but he's a guy. And Cam Johnson, who they picked at 11, which was a stretch at the time, has been pretty, you know, a good player for this team. So a lot of ups and downs. And fleecing the Sixers for uh, McCall Bridges, too. Don't forget that. That's the number one. I mean, so that's why I think, like, they really turned it on the last two years. Like, they, like, for some reason, that were just bad for the, the decade. Like, you look at a 2015-2016 lineup with Devin Booker, and it's four borderline G League guys, you know? And, like, now, just, like, two years ago, yeah, they get Mikhail, they sign Jay Crowder, get Chris Paul this offseason, and Aiden turns out good, and it's like, oh, all right, now we actually have a five, you know? They just have the craziest story. I mean, the Bucks have obviously been competitive, but the Suns are just crazy. I mean, so even look at the Bucks. Uh, so the Bucks, we kind of forget because just this team has been the you know Giannis team the last three yeah. years. But like, think of the like even them before they got Giannis, like Larry Sanders, Larry Sanders, OJ Mayo, Ellis, Michael Cor- Carter Williams, Andrew Bogut, like Brandon Jennings, Brandon Jennings, dude, Andrew Bogut, when they Monte Ellis. Like this was like a, just a random group of guys for the like a while, and again they got they, so OJ Mayo, Jabari Parker, the guys that were the golden child, they were supposed to turn their franchise around. Where I wouldn't say, I mean, Bus is always you know a strong. No, they're Bus, but they were not wow. what they're you were bus. hoping to get at the second pick, and now you again you luck into Giannis at fifteen, you trade Brandon Jennings for Chris Middleton, who was a second round pick at the time. I think it was like his second year in the league when you just trade him and like you don't really know what you're gonna get and he turns into an all star and like now you Milton and Giannis you know evolve into who they are and it's like oh wait we actually have a team here now let's try to like you know get Bledsoe who at the time was you know a solid move and then they use that to go get Drew Holiday and like you know sometimes you kind of get lucky you know like but shouts out to these franchises yeah when you're going from you know Michael Red 
era to a championship. Shout out, dude, to Michael Red. Dude. Yeah, that that's kind of what they were working with. Michael Red was like the best best player they had in the last like. That's what I'm saying. Since, you could literally do a thirty for thirty for both these teams on the the last ten years, like the path they got to this finals. Like we can't forget Ray Allen, Ray Allen and George Carl. They were pretty solid together with the Bucks. But yeah, after yeah, no, that, they were. Yeah, that was like, bro, we're ta- we're going. Yeah, that was just I mean, enough. Yeah, I mean, Kareem, Kareem was pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kareem's the '80s. Rayon was like 2000, right? Or am I saying? I mean, I think he's the he, '90s. He's like '90s. Yeah, Red was 2000. He went to, My, he's on that side. Michael Red was 2000. Yeah, that's Red what was saying. Red was like, yeah, I remember playing with Red in like 2K9. So that's like at least memorable. Yeah. Yeah. So so essentially, shout out both franchises, man. You guys been through. Thick and thin. It took a lot, yeah. yeah. We'll see you guys there as Bulls fans in five years when we might actually have a squad. We'll see what's good. But we feel your pain, and I mean, honestly, it sucks having to pick one because I want Bo- I want CP3 to get his championship. I want Giannis to get his. This is the first championship where I think it's actually like, like I mean, for one, it's the first one without like I mean, obviously we didn't have LeBron a couple years ago, but that we had the Warriors in that time, so it's like this is the first time we really don't have like KD, Kawhi, LeBron, a jugger, a juggernaut, yeah, like a juggernaut versing almost like an underdog. Like these teams are both kind of underdogs, you know, and like that's why, like, like yeah, Giannis is next up, you know, Booker's next up. I mean, Chris Paul's like he's the OG, but it's not like he's obviously not in the finals every year. So that's why, yeah, it's definitely nice to see these teams that you don't really get to see all the time. What we're saying is we're turning up at the parade no matter what. Catch us there. Absolutely. No matter what. Yeah, hopefully, I mean, slight edge toward Milwaukee because we're right here. You know, that's just a little drive. But either way, shit's going to be dope and excited for everyone involved. Excited for all the fans that been grinding it out. And it's only up from here no matter what. I mean, worst case scenario, your team made it to the finals. But at least you, you guys got the sauce to make it there. So that's definitely a positive note. And, I mean, a positive note to end this shit on. We got our picks. We got two Bucks, one Suns. Brandon, the fucking guy that's been down in the Suns all damn year, saying, Stay, Devin stay water, bro. I stay, stay water, dude. I call it like I see it. You dude, know? Now the Bucks are going to win because now, now you're finally on their side and now you're just going to curse them. They've been, they've been, they've been performing so it. well. I, that's actually, uh, that's, yeah. I'm tearing them down from the inside, honestly. Yeah, they've been playing so well because you've been doubting them. You've been doubting Devin Booker. You've been doubting Aiton. And now you're on their side. Devin and now Booker's they... been listening to this pod, and he's been like, yo, I'm taking that person. Yo. Yeah. I got to turn to Michael Jordan now. Yeah, and now he's going to listen to it. He's be like, my work here is done. I'm retiring. It's game two. I don't even need this shit anymore. You know, I got Caitlyn Jenner, and I got Brandon's approval. We're in it. Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know they're hand in hand it's like some yeah. days it's brandon's approval some days it's caitlin jenner it's like yeah. you know it teeters where's Shaq approval though dude does Shaq say he's uh he's up next does he have what it takes Shaq wants him to get in the post more <laughs> nah Shaq's gonna say to just feed aiden in the post 40 times he's like they're gonna win when he gets 40 points in the post i mean if if they want to work Giannis, it's not a bad strategy. It's the one time I'd agree with Shaq. You keep playing through Giannis, but like you got Brook Lopez right there. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, like come yeah, on now, Giannis. bud. Yeah. Nah, but I think I mean W for the Bucks. Even though they lost Game One, Giannis came out healthy. I think that's the biggest takeaway. That and block, I think, just shows you that he's he's here. You know, I think that actually that block made him like a little. Yeah, he was limping a little bit. But like, I think like that block was like all right. Yeah, yeah. But, like, th- that, but that was a test. Like, All right, he's got some gas. Yeah, he's got some juice. I think that's part of what it was, you know? Like, he was like, yeah, let me 
let me see what I got here, you know? Yeah. So. And when it hurt, he was like, fuck it, we're losing this game anyways. I don't really need to go balls to the <laughs> yeah. wall like that. I don't need to go all out. Yeah. Yeah, because you didn't yeah. play that much in the third quarter, too. So, yeah, like you said, for the Bucks, they got to positively say, like, we didn't even – we didn't give the full Giannis performance yet. So, they're going to be all right. They had to go in there knowing they're going to lose that game, man. You can't expect to go in there. I mean, if they went in there with a injured, a half injured, even three quarters injured, or one quarter injured, just any type of injured Giannis, and won that game in Phoenix, like, damn, dude, that would literally suck the soul yeah, out of like the Suns fan, man. Yeah, so so they essentially had to do it, and that's why it was a perfect scenario for him to get some minutes. I mean, good, got a good amount of minutes and a perfect scenario to, for Coach Bud to be like, all right, what adjustments do I have to make? The question is, is he going to make them? I mean, we're all going to have to find out, and I think that's going to be the difference between you know, me and Joe predicting the Bucks winning or Brandon finally hopping on that bandwagon. Damn, bro, like that shit's mad full, man. You got to like corner. You got to sit on someone's lap at this point because – we don't got room for you, Brandon. You hopped off, bro. I, there's one spot left on the bandwagon. His head is screwed in real quick, but I made it, bro. I'm here. Better <laughs> late than never, dude. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But I think that's going to be a wrap. Shout out everyone that's been listening to us all year. Um, I mean, we're going to keep it going in the off season because we got some good NBA draft that's going to pretty much kick in right, right after this finals, after these finals end. And... Then free agency, man. No matter what, basketball, the NBA is always popping. So keep catching us. We're going to keep putting them out. And go Suns, go Bucks. Happy NBA Finals. Peace. (laughs) Yeah, it's about that time, baby. Peace. Shout out, Chris Paul.